Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This Illini guy, Mike Kegley. Uh, we have on Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for Illini Guys, and we will have Brad Sturdy on in a few minutes, another fellow Illini guy. And before we get started on the fantastic 75-66 to victory of the Illini over a very tough and a very hard rebounding Michigan State uh, squad, I'd like to thank everybody. Um, you know, for a lot of people, uh, January 12th is just another day on the calendar for us at Illini Guys. That is the date that we turned on, IlliniGuys.com, two years ago. So one twelve twenty one was uh, the first day we went into business, and here we are uh, two years and a day older, and we are so thankful to be able to cover Illini Sports to run that website and get you as much information as we possibly can, both the articles that you read and, of course, the message boards and the things that are behind the scenes that give you some of the extra inside insight that you're looking for. Um, we really thank anybody who's listening to this. You know, we really appreciate you listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy it. And um, thank you very much. And of course, for those IlliniGuys.com subscribers, only $99 a year. And you get uh, all this content all year round from football season to basketball season to transfer portal to recruiting. It never stops. And then you have all the other sports that we cover, women's basketball, which is becoming so exciting. Um, we have men's golf, we have men's baseball, we have the track and field team. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Um, but you subscribers, we thank you for jumping on board and taking this journey with us. And uh, anybody who would like to become a subscriber, we'd love to have you do that as well. And of course, that led us to starting um, the first statewide syndicated Illini sports show. That's the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular that's on 30 stations. Go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, and you can see the stations across the state. Find the one closest to you, turn it on either Friday or Saturday, and they'll have their hours that they do our two-hour show. We would love to have more people listen to that. We are getting a tremendous response, um, but we welcome everybody aboard. And if you're a listener of that show as well as our podcast, thank you. And if you're if you do the podcast, the radio show, and a subscriber, a big triple thank you to you. We are so honored to have people, um, you know, enjoying what we enjoy. And that's what we're here for, to try to make uh, love of the Illini a lot of fun. And um, it, it has been great so far. And we look forward to many years of doing this. Um, Kedrick, this was an incredible game. Um, there were a couple bleak parts, even up until early in the second half, you know, with that seven you know, roughly seven-point lead that the uh, Spartans had. It looked a little glum because they were ruling the rebounding um, something fierce. What were your thoughts? Uh, what what jumps out at you after watching the Illini um, really uh, fight, claw, kick, and find a way to get past these pesky Spartans? Well, Mike, hey, really quick before I answer that question, I want to thank you. Uh, Brad Sturdy and Larry Smith and Chris Lee for bringing me on, you know, to a wonderful family. You guys welcomed me from day one. I appreciate it. All the people out there who have subscribed to us and 
who are loyal to us. I really, personally, I appreciate it. I love everything about this. I mean, you know, so I want to thank you guys and you personally, Mike, for giving me an opportunity to do something you know, um, that I continue to love. Um, well, we appreciate you, question, Ken. Um, thank you. Uh, what a ton of events. And, you know, when I write my column, whether it be for Lina guys or my newspaper, I'm going to tell you, the heading should be for everybody, transfer you. Those transfers came, they were huge tonight. Dane Danger came through tonight. Terrence Shannon carried the first half. And, you know, if you look on social media, everybody's calling Matthew Meyer the flamethrower because I tell you, he was fun to watch. He really was. Um, and, Mike, you're talking about it, the statistics. We talked about it before on air. You know, you know, Illinois got out-rebounded. But a stat that we've talked about all year, um, I can't, you know, remember the exact number, but I think Illinois only had five or six turnovers on the whole night. When was the last time that that's happened? That was extremely impressive. They only missed three free throws. Last podcast we talked about, I told the fans, somebody been working with Dane Danger in his free throws. These last two games, you can see the difference. So, you know, it was a great win. And this was a win that Illinois could not afford to lose. It looked bleak. It looked like they were going to fold and Michigan State could miss. You know, that mid-range game that they, you know, love to, to utilize was working in full force. But, Illinois, like I said, the transfers came through, and Coleman Hawkins has some key buckets. Big win, and you know now the momentum shifts, and the people are nationally in the big in the end of the Big Ten and start talking Illinois basketball again. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to be back uh, on the the national radar. Um, as you as you look at this this thing, you talked about the transfers. I've tweeted about it tonight. Um, Fifty six of the seventy five points scored by the Illini were scored by um, the transfers. That's uh, Dane Danger with 20. Um, you had Matthew Meyer with 19. And you had uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. with 17. It was kind of a, a sandwich there, you know. You kind of had the, the, the pieces of bread. You had Shannon on one side and you had Meyer on the other, the beginning and the end. And then in the middle, you had some danger. Um, but boy, those three guys came through tonight, and and I will say one thing, and I know we don't like to talk about this too much, but if you want to play in the portal, you got to have NIL funds. So um, you know, go to IlliniGuardians.com if you feel like contributing towards that, because um, you know there's there's a there's going to be a lot of competition in that portal this year, um, and p- teams are looking across the country and they're seeing what the Illini are doing and they're going to people and trying to get dollars and trying to get, that's going to be a turbulent, turbulent transfer portal in the spring. But, um, yep, go ahead. I'm sorry. The transfer portal is huge fans because when you look at it, Illinois is competing with a lot of other schools and this is not just men's basketball, but it's women's basketball, volleyball, definitely in football. And you guys saw Brett Bielema's, tweet the other day that hashtag NIL this is huge and Illinois is a good place to play there's no reason that Illinois now should have to you know take a backseat to anybody when it comes to getting recruits on in all sports you look at the I'm just talking right now the last three major sports women's basketball two stud transfers you know uh actually there's three you know then you look at what we just talked about with Danger Matthew Meyer Terrence Shannon then you look at you know DeVito what he did in the football program 
it matters. I mean, if you want to continue to see Illinois up top of the Big Ten and on the ESPN and all the other networks, it matters. Because if you don't do it, they'll go somewhere and they'll follow the dollars. Yeah, that, that is that is no doubt. And I know that wasn't the necessary intention of the transfer portal. And I know that, um, you know, people don't like to think about it in that that kind of way. But, um, you know, it is an important component. And um, I think that, um, you know, you just run into uh, times when you to compete, you have to do what's necessary. Um, speaking of doing what's necessary. Ked, um, the Illini were out rebounded forty-two to thirty for the overall game. The interesting thing is, the last basically nine minutes of the game, Michigan State only got five more rebounds. The Illini out rebounded them ten to five, and had some key offensive rebounds that really kind of broke the back of the Michigan State defense. So the last, the last, you know, half of the second half, you know, the Illini really kind of uh, woke up and, and decided they were going to out-rebound them uh, 10 to 5 down the stretch. What did you think of the battle for the boards and uh, what was going on there for uh, the Illini to kind of change things around? And what do you think they did to get a few more boards down the stretch? One of the things is, you know, if you look at Illinois and you look at Michigan State, and I like to kind of throw Ohio State in there. Those teams, those three teams typically are just they're tough-minded teams with the coaches that they have. They defend, they rebound. I really think, you know, in the last eight, ten minutes of the game, Illinois just locked in defensively. And they went after every loose ball. They didn't let the officiating dictate how they played defense. Because that was the key. If Illinois would have if they would have rebounded in the first half, I think the game would have been over early. I mean, I really do. The way Terrence Shannon got them started and got them going. But Mike, to answer your question, the big boys went after it. Then the guards came down in. They all went down to collapse. And then that eliminated some of the second-chance points. But Michigan State was able to make those runs. And, you know, and it only takes one second chance to get back in the game. And luckily, Michigan State could knock down a three. And for the fans out there who really want to see, when you heard Coach Underwood talk about Putting a roster together built for March, you saw it tonight. Now, I'm not going to disrespect any of the teams in the Big Ten because I don't know who's going to win it, and nobody does. We can all guess. But if I look at talent from the SEC, Pac-12, you know, and the ACC, I see three teams in the Big Ten that match those conferences the way they play. I see Michigan State, Illinois, and Michigan. They match up well because they're long and athletic Mike, you know, they all rebound, they all defend, and they can all go get rebounds. And, like, you look at a guy like R.J. Melendez, and, you know, he played well against Nebraska, but he kind of went back into his show tonight. But he's a tough guy to shoot over the top of, you know, and he's more than capable of rebounding. So, and since Sir Harris is a taller guard, so I think Underwood has always liked his guards to go rebound. Um, he made that a staple when Iowa's here and when other guards have rebound. Trent Frazier start picking it up. So Brad has always done that. But tonight, it was just Michigan State. They just – that's Izzo. Tom Izzo, I mean, whether you like or not, he's a great basketball coach. And they're going to do little things. Like, I complained a couple times about how people run off picks and things. Tom just does a good job. And I think, you know, Brad has done really well against Izzo in the past as well. So 
you know, that's one thing. Illinois doesn't play Penn State well, but they certainly play Michigan State well. <laughs> go, go figure that out. Um, another interesting thing, Ked, at the halftime, um, the Michigan State team had a 28-14 advantage on um, points in the paint. At the end of the game, it was they won that forty-four to thirty-eight. But basically, um, you know, the Illini, uh, you know, outscored them in the second half, twenty-four to sixteen. That was critical towards coming back. And and boy, the Illini defense, you know, in the second half held held them uh, to thirty-four point four percent shooting in the second half, which was why. Uh, Michigan State followed up their 37-point first half with just 29 points in the second half, Illinois outscoring them 42-29 to to win this game with um, a little – I didn't think there was going to be any uh, wind in the sails, but Illinois actually ended up kind of winning it with a little bit of a uh, – uh, a little bit of a, uh, a little margin for error there that was bigger than anything I thought. What did you think? Well, I know the fans, but I make this statement, the fans who are driving home, if you listen to this podcast, don't drive off the road. Okay, be careful when I make this statement. But I want to be honest with you. I really think Dane Danger is a well-polished and more unstoppable that I saw that in this. He's a better offensive player. Than Kofi Coleman was. Kofi was big and strong, and I'm never going to disrespect what he did. He was a consensus All-American. I understand that, but what Dane can do around the basket and his left hand—I mean, the first basket he scored—he shoots a jump hook from ten feet away from the basket with the opposite hand. You talk about a find and a gem that you know Tim Anderson, you know, was able to land. I just think that was the key in the second half. They rode him, and kudos, to Coach Underwood. When the flamethrower Matt Meyer caught fire, Michigan State was really, really aggressively guarding him. So what did Coach Underwood do? He slips the screen for Matt, uh, for Dane uh, Danger to get to the basket. The fans may just see that, oh, that's a great play. That's coaching. Because right away, I'm thinking, who's going to get the shot coming out of timeout? And everybody in the gym knew it's probably going to be Matthew. And I bet Tom Izzo thought the same thing. Kudos to Coach Underwood and his staff for doing that. Yep, yep. And I thought the other thing that was really interesting is Coleman Hawkins had a had a tough first half, although he did rebound very well. Um, second half, though, you know, he hit a, a nice three, had a great offensive rebound for a putback. I mean, um, he really, in in my mind, um, really came out and and I think he's starting to understand that if things aren't working well out on the perimeter. Dang it! I'm six foot ten. I can go inside and make people pay in there. I'm gonna tell you right now. I know. Don't just look at the point production tonight. I saw Coleman Hawkins go up because Mike exactly right. Shots didn't fall, but his shot they looked good. They looked yeah. better than what they had all all season. And every time he shot it, I thought, hey, you know what? There's a chance it's gonna go in. And the reason I said he's growing up because. Before shots didn't go in, he would have just – he would have been done. Yep. You're, but he was able to get key offensive rebounds and make good passes, and he was able to get defensive rebounds and make it tough for them to shoot over the top. That's growth because at the end of the day, it just wasn't – maybe it wasn't your night offensively, 
but you were able to do things to help your team win. And and I'm okay with that. And for all the fans out there, I think one of the best quotes, you want to know how important Terrence Shannon is. I know he asked about Coleman. Underwood said after in the, in, uh, on the WWF radio show that he saw Terrence Shannon out for a while and then he wanted to put him back in. And Terrence said, no, the team is rolling. Let's go with it. So that's what it means and why it's important to have older guys in your locker room. Because Coleman is now seeing that. He's been around. Terrence Shannon's been around. That's going to be huge and pay dividends down the stretch. And lastly, you know, what Matthew did when the team struggled, I've never seen him just take over like that in a game, not just shooting threes, but he was looking to get to the basket. I didn't know he had that in his arsenal. Yeah, uh, he he really – he plays such an 80s style, you know, at times where he's using his body and leverage to clear the way for shots. you know, I, I think ultimately um, when Shannon shoots over, um, when he gets more than three free throw attempts, the Illini are now 10 and two. So as far as I'm concerned, a uh, coach can call three or four plays for him early in the game. Let's get some, let's get him three or four and ones to get things started. And then we'll know statistically we have a much better chance of winning the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see him be confident. You can tell, uh, Mike, that there's there's some locker room talk. You know, coming out of the timeout, I've not I seen him talk and cheer, but I saw him applauding his teammates tonight, trying to get them motivated. That's growth. I mean, I you know everybody was mad at Coach Underwood when they lost to Northwestern. You know, the world's coming to an end, and you know the, it was sinking. And I have to give the credit, man. I mean. That's why he's good, and that's why they won as many games because he's able to see things in some of these kids that people don't see every day. And, you know, for the people out there, you know, when he talks about kids having great practices, you know, he means it because he's there every day. So I like what he's doing with this group, and he's put together a really, really good roster. I just want to see them compete, have a chance at the title. If they don't win a title, so what? If they do, maybe they have a chance at the Big Ten tournament title. Make a run. I like this team especially. It's different. I mean, we're used to having that big guy in the middle, and well, they still have one. This will have the bigger guy. Um, Dane is just—he's fun to watch. This is a, a great win. I knew everybody thought this game was over, but turning point of the game, and I tweeted this: Izzo got a technical foul because the game changed. All the calls went his way. I've just said, you know, I'm not going to say anything. It's big time officiating, and I'm thinking to myself, Underwood, get a tee, get a tee early. Don't get one with five minutes to go in the game where you know where it's too late to come back. Get a technical foul, which he did. Then Illinois got the calls, and then they were the double bonus. That's a fact that it happened, but Mike, it shouldn't have happened. It's really sad that a coach getting a technical foul could change and sway the officiating because Illinois got every ticket that call after that. Yeah, that's 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 a frustrating thing for me is is that you know again I've I've went on this I've been on this crusade for a long time now that especially since the new contract will pay the big 10 over a billion dollars a year. You've got two TV products um, that are really important to your uh, viability and your revenue stream. And that's your football and your basketball. I think they should go to paying full-time officials. I think you should have them. uh, I mean, if, you know, if nothing else, you can have them do another sport. If you're worried about the football guys only being, you know, only having the fall, then have them officiate something in the spring. I don't, I don't know, but 
Um, when I look at um, basketball in particular, um, you know, I would add a fourth ref uh, to the floor and I would definitely make, um, you know, have them get trained all year round. You've got plenty of um, uh, things they could do for AAU and different different things in the spring and the summer to keep better. And and then you wouldn't have guys who are refing, you know, five nights a week. They might do, you know, four Big Ten games and another thing, and they're and they've got their regular jobs. And I mean, it's just it's just a tough it's a tough life. And if you're an older fella like you know me, I'm 55, but some of these guys have got to keep up with the greatest athletes in college sports. And that's just not easy. So um, I, I'm, I thought the refs were inconsistent tonight, but, um, and I, and I, I've always thought they're too influenced by the coaches, but in this case, um, you know, it was one of those games where I, I didn't think that they were all one-sided. I thought they, there were some moments that I shook my head if I was as an Illini fan. And there was a moment that I shook my head and, if I would have been a, a, a Spartan fan, but um, you know, when it comes down to it, I guess in the end, um, the, I, I just hope the big 10 doesn't make the same choices as the NFL who, who, you know, has six, $7 billion a year coming in and keeps choosing to have people fly in on the weekends um, to do NFL games just seems like a, a real a really short-sighted because it's not a cost that you're incurring it's an investment in the quality of your product um any other thoughts uh you know as you're uh heading back to the quad cities after being in champagne and after you've rubbed it in by putting pictures of your papa Dell's pizza up so people like me who can't get such a delicacy have to think about it and feel depressed any uh any thought final thoughts on the game well, the Papa Dells, man, I've been dieting for like six months, man. So I had to be a bad boy tonight, Mike. I'm sorry to send a picture to you. <laughs> I'm, je- I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's pure jealousy, kid. <laughs> well, it was delicious. I was thinking about you every bite. Well, here, here's the deal. Um, it's a win. And no matter, we can look at the statistics and the rebounding stunt, but this is a coaching moment. Because you dodged a bullet tonight, you were at home on the road. That may not work well for you. So you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you get out rebounded. That's not a Brad Underwood's team. Um, you win. Now you're back at 3-3 three and three in the conference. Get a win somewhere you're not supposed to. You erase that uh, Penn State home game. Because the Northwestern loss, it may not be that bad as people think. Take away the name Northwestern basketball, and it may not stink so much because that's a really good basketball team. And you lost to them at their place. So get a win somewhere, get healthy. It seems that Sincere Harris is going to be okay. I was really concerned about that because right now they only have an eight-man rotation and everybody matters. They're kind of figuring out the rules a little bit. So enjoy the win. Um, I don't ever, ever apologize if it's a one-point win at the end of the day. And it's a great quad win to put on your resume because Michigan State plays one of the best schedules in college basketball. And this year, Illinois did as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Ked, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are going to turn our attention now to uh, Brad Sturdy. But before we do that, I'm going to take a couple seconds to talk a little bit about uh, some of the features of the IlliniGuys.com. 
And of course, um, when you look at IlliniGuys.com, as we talked earlier, uh, that is the engine that fuels these podcasts. It also fuels the Sports Spectacular radio show. Uh, that is uh, IlliniGuys.com is where you can read about all the Illini sports. We have a staff writer, Matt Stevens, uh, got a great resume, has covered Big Ten and SEC teams. So you get some really some ideas about big time college football, big time college basketball from a little bit different perspective than just uh, Illini centric. And you have Larry Smith, obviously longtime NBA TV, CNN anchor, um, and he is doing fine work. He doesn't write a lot of articles. When he does, you really need to see it. Of course, he's the host of the Sports Spectacular, and he's the executive producer who when you like the sound and you like the quick pace and the way we go from topic to topic, that's Larry and it's Brad and I having a short attention span. Um, and we also have, uh, of course, Brad Sturdy, who is, you know, probably second to uh, Lauren Tate in tenure by a couple months. Um, one of the Uber Illini insiders. I don't think anybody's closer to the basketball staff than Brad. And the only person who would be competitive with him would be Ked who's also incredibly close to the basketball staff. So we've got a lot of writers there that can do that, um, get a lot of information. And we're very proud to have the Farrell Files. Mike Farrell, the godfather of recruiting. Uh, this guy is so plugged into football recruiting. He ran the Rivals National uh, desk for years and years. Uh, we have him come on, and he does uh, articles for us on Illinois football recruiting. Uh, Illinois transfer portal, high school recruiting, both. He is fantastic. Um, and he writes for us three days a week. And then even more when there's breaking news. And he will even jump on a podcast or a radio show with us. com only $99 a year. And we're pretty proud of that. Um, we haven't raised prices. I know if you look at different sites out there, some of them can go up to $125, $150 a year. We just, we, we don't do that. $99. Um, and that gets you all the information. And the cool thing about our website is you go back, you see forums or message boards, um, and you go back into there. And that's where you can actually talk with other Illini fans. It's a little bit like a Twitter thing. You give yourself a handle and you talk back and forth. But you can also ask questions directly of Ked, Brad, Larry, myself, Matt, et cetera, and, and, and ask questions about what you read or what you hear us say. It's a lot different than just reading a newspaper where you read it and you go, hmm, and then you put it down. Here you can read it and you can go, well, that's not right, or what did he mean by this? And then you get an answer because we're on the board regularly and we can see when somebody asks us a question and we go and answer it to the best of our abilities. So it makes it a lot of fun. Um, additionally, we have, of course, the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. That is the only syndicated two-hour weekly sports talk show that is only Illini. So it is a lot of fun. Folks, when I was a kid, you know, mowing the lawn back in the 1980s, I remember thinking to myself, why isn't there an Illini show that's across the state? Well, I lived in Muhammad, so I got to listen to Lauren Tate. I kept up on the Illini, but I had cousins, you know, that lived in Bloomington and friends that lived in Springfield and they didn't get that. And so when I got old enough, I just finally said, you know what, we should do that. 
and Larry and I and Brad have turned that thought into reality. So go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button. That's where you'll find a list of all the stations that carry us. Find the one closest to you. See what day, Friday or Saturday, they have it. And then tune in at the time that they have it on the list. We would love to have more listeners. We've gotten a lot of traction. We love our radio station partners. You can hear us on a lot of those stations um, during the week or on the weekends when there's breaking news. We try to help out our radio partners. We have the best uh, radio station network in the country. We're very proud of it. And um, if you can listen to them and if you call them up or give them an email and say, hey, we like that Illini Guys show, we would appreciate it. And it helps them know what their fans want so they can make sure to keep giving them more of that. And finally, we have multiple podcasts. We have Sturdy for 30. That's when Brad will bring in just about anybody from Illini program, anybody or, you know, former players, former coaches, you know, current players. I mean, you, literally, you don't know who he can have on as a guest. Um, that's worth it. Uh, Keds Recruiting Roundup is an excellent, excellent program. Um, listening to that, I think you would have a good time uh, as well. He gives you the point of view of what it's like when you have a um, you have a kid who's being recruited because they'll have the kids on. He'll occasionally have the parents on and occasionally even have their coaches on. So it's really cool to see what it's like to have your son or daughter recruited by a P5 school. Obviously, we focus on Illini recruits, not always the people who always commit, but many times they are, and it's a lot of fun. Ked brings a very unique voice to that, and because he runs AAU programs, he understands um, the amateur sports side of it as good as anybody does, so you get a lot of in, in you know really good questions, et cetera. So please listen to that. So that's our products. I guess the only other one we have, which is a little bit newer, is we have Big Sports Radio. That is a two-hour radio show that talks about um, the Big Ten and big sporting events that are going on each weekend. You can go to bigsportsradio.com and look at the radio listing. And, of course, both our Illini Guys Sports Spectacular and Big Sports Radio are out there like a podcast. We release it when all the stations have played the show and you can listen to the show and um, go ahead and, and enjoy uh, a second Illini Guys type of show if you so desire. Uh, look for Big Sports Radio at any podcast uh, distributor that you might want to use. So with that, uh, let's take a minute here and we will turn to Brad Sturdy. Boy, that was a fun one. Orange out at uh, the State Farm Center. Uh sold-out crowd, um, you know, two really good basketball teams. Michigan State playing really well, winning, coming in, winning seven in a row, and now Illinois, you know, winning their uh, third row. Uh, and so it, it's really it's really good to see uh, these two teams play. It's a fun game. I, It was funny, even at halftime when Michigan State had the lead, I really felt like this was a fun game. I was really enjoying it, just just being there, seeing these athletes, seeing these guys go at it. It was, it was a great, great atmosphere. I I was nervous, Brad. I got to be honest with you. I was nervous at the half. The rebounding differential was so big, and Sissoko didn't play the last eight minutes um, of the first half. And I'm like, holy cow, they got that type of gap, and he wasn't even out there for part of it. Um, I was I was very nervous about what was going to happen um, in the second half. So uh, kudos. 
What adjustments did Illinois make on defense to um, really take the legs out of the shooting of uh, Michigan State? And then the second thing I thought they did, not that they were perfect, but they certainly cut down on the points in the paint. Yeah, so in the first half, Michigan State had 18 shots at the rim. They were 13 out of 18. In the second half, they had seven shots at the rim, four out of seven. What Illinois did, and Brennan, I asked him about this in the post game, he talked about how, you know, dangerous, it was a lot of danger making, danger making mistakes in drop coverage. Their guards getting screened too easily. Um, Jaden Hepscott, Jaden Hepscott beat a couple times, even yeah. since you're here a couple times. And, and because they, you know, they aren't as comfortable defending ball screens as they are. They're against guys who are, know how to probe and know how to find openings like Walker and Ogar do. So, what they did in the second half was they, Danger, you know, stayed straight, wasn't worried about his guy as much. I was more concerned with making sure that guard didn't have a lane to get directly to the rim. And so they had to pull up and shoot a jump shot. And we all know that, you know, we, we talk about the mid-range all the time. But here's the key stat in the second half, the adjustment. Michigan State was 11 for the whole game. They shot 11 of 33 from the mid-range. 33%, that means they got 22 points on those 33 shots. And sometimes they'll make a clean look and people go, oh, my gosh, it's terrible. But you have to play percentages. And the reality is that was the way to play against Michigan State. 0 of 7 from 3, 11 of 33 from 2. And then, you know, they were very successful, like 18 of, 17 or 18 of 25 at the rim. Yep. And I, and I did think that, that boy, they really – they really cleaned up Danger's um, reads because there were several times where he just got stuck in the wrong place in the first half, and in the second half, it didn't it didn't happen that much. Yeah, there was even one play. Remember, he had a so R.J. standing there, and Dane's on the basket side defending, and they almost have a guy trapped there in the post. Yeah, yes. and he turned it left. I know. Like, wait, you gave it all What are you doing? He's like, I know. I I we. We did the same thing here at home. We were just like, whoa, whoa, get back. <laughs> Go back. Where are you leaving? No, uh, but, yeah, so I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. And so, you know, you were talking about the offensive rebounds, the way they dominated glass. Well, in the second half, when you don't aren't in that help position, out of position, as they kind of throw it up out of the rim, at the rim, or you go after a block and things like Well, then they, if you're not out of position, they don't get those offensive rebounds as easily. And so yes. you're able to block out then. Because, and that's one thing, that's where drill penetration from the top is such a difficult thing to defend just for that reason. Now, yes. It, it makes everybody help. It allows rebounding lanes. You know, you have shooters spotted up, all those things. So really good, uh, but really good adjustments by Brad Underwood. I also thought Brad Underwood was uh, did a great job offensively um, using what was working and, and then at <laughs> the same play. The little uh, Meyer would come up and uh, off the, you know, kind of come up and get the ball, a little curl, curl yep. action, get the ball, then go off the ball screen from danger. And, and what it would do, it would create, um, you know, you either got to leave the shooter in the corner or you, you got to help off or you got to, when you show out on Meyer or danger's got the roll. And it was just, they, they, they got stuck and suckered in it repeatedly. And when you got a guy who's six nine who can do that and run that ball screen action, and it's really hard to defend because he can rise up and shoot over the smaller guard. 
um, in, in that situation too. So even if you get over the top, he's got a six three or six four guy. And, and and you got Danger there on the roll, who's got yep. the footwork to pull some pretty nice moves out of his uh, uh, repertoire there. Because I'll tell you, his his I, I don't think anybody really described how good his footwork is. Um, you know, and, and we see him come out and, he, you know, he, you know, uh, Kedrick was talking about, he's basically better than Kofi on the offensive end in terms of being able to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. He's just not the physical, nobody's a physical presence. Kofi, right. So, you know, right. like, you know, Kofi could just bury you under the basket and then he's one inch from the basket every time he caught it. And <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You're just like, there's nothing I can do. And, yeah. You know, I'm fighting really hard. You know, it's like a it's like a welterweight against a heavyweight. It just doesn't yeah. matter how quick you are, you're gonna lose. So yep. um no. Um, no, the other thing I would say, you know, one thing I would say, Mike, this is um I thought Illinois um has they're really thin. You know, I mean you start looking at this roster now and with Sincere Harris kinda of banged up and they say it's a bruise on his knee, you know, from from he and Hall getting tangled up, but yeah, that's seven guys now that they can play. And um, Nico Moretti will not be here until the, about the 23rd, it sounds like now, which means that, you know, you got a few games here where you got to figure out, you know, you're going to play, maybe only have one guard, literally. Um, you know, your only guard might be Jay Nepps. So you're going to have to play, maybe maybe you play Ty Rogers at the point a little more. Or, um, or you know, move Shannon over there. And, you know, I don't think other teams are going to – other teams are going to have the same issues, you know, or, or – they don't press, so they're going to create issues. So, but uh, overall, yeah, man, at the end of a game, man, it's nice to have a guy like uh, Epps, and so you can't have him get in foul trouble, and, you know, you can't play 40 minutes, so you got to figure out somebody who can step out there and play if Harris can't go. Yeah, I was surprised how well Meyer did guarding guards, but, you know, just like he can step up and, and shoot, um, you know, over the top of him, he can also – even if they're a little quicker than him, he can block their shot, can't he? Yeah, he's been – you know, the thing about Matt Meyer, when Matt Meyer is locked in, he's really good. Like, and I, and I know, you know, I know that Terrence Shan's the best player on this team. And, you know, Coleman Hawkins may have the most NBA potential on this team. But Matt Meyer, when he gets – because Shan is always locked in. You know what I mean? Like, he's just that guy. Right. Yep. When Matt Meyer goes through some stretches where you're just like, hey, is Matt Meyer out there? Oh, there he is. And then all of a sudden it's like they're, they're, he does things that nobody else on this team can do, which are just really it's amazing. He's really talented kid. What was the deal with the, the technical foul on Illinois? The, the FS1 guys said it was on Underwood, but I was seeing on Twitter that, you know, some of you guys on Press Row – we're saying it was not on Underwood. What what happened there? It was not on Underwood. It was on one of the assistant coaches. It was either Chester Frazier or Tim Anderson. I'm not sure. I, I there was nothing you could see there okay. or hear, but pointed to them. I know Tim did stomp his foot. I don't know if he said something. They thought that Shannon was getting bodied a little bit when he'd go to the rim. Um, oh yeah, he is. He is. And so you know, so they were a little bit. I you know, thought that was a little bit. Soul, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure Michigan State felt the same way at times. So anyway, um, but yeah, that was the thing. And you know, Kelly Piper, I think he called a technical on the Michigan State bench too. So he's like, "Well, if I'm going to call one, I got to call two. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, 
yeah, we I guess we paid paid money. We get two technicals for the price of one. Woo. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, one other stat that really jumped out at me, and I'm not talking about Illinois being out-rebounded 42-30, to 30, but Illinois against that aggressive – now, granted, they're not a pressing defense, but that aggressive, high-intensity Michigan State defense only had five turnovers. So that was about a 7.5% turnover rate if you look at their 64 possessions. Um if I would have told you before the game Illinois was going to turn over the ball five times against Michigan State for the whole game, what would you have? How would you have reacted? I said they're probably going to win. You yeah, know, and you know that's the key. You know, the other day I wrote about the Nebraska. You know how they didn't really shoot the ball that well against Nebraska, but they used offensive rebounds and then they forced turnovers to get extra possessions to allow them to do this. Well, today what they did was they didn't turn the ball over. And so when you don't turn the ball over, you get more shots. So yep. if you miss a few shots, you don't have to shoot it quite as well when you when you don't turn the ball over. So and that's that's prime example of what the way Brett you gotta find a way to win when you don't shoot well. And that's the scary part about this team. And I and I say this not really um you know I'm not trying to make anybody think they're the best team in the country or anything like that. But they they haven't shot it that well. You know, they make some shots here or there, but they haven't really gotten crazy. I remember last year seeing, you know, getting hot at Minnesota and that little stretch where they went nuts. They're making all these threes. Well, this team hasn't had that yet. So there's going to be a game when they go nuts from three um, and, you know, like 18 of 28 or something like that where you're just like, whoa, what happened? And when that happens, you're going to see it's gonna, they're going to really run somebody out of the gym because they're doing those little things. That are how you win these games when you don't shoot it as well as you're capable of shooting. Yeah, and and it was just so. I'll, I'll tell you what, and I know this sounds crazy, but as as somebody who's a former coach, a wasted possession, especially with dumb turnovers, and I consider some offensive shots dumb enough that those are turnovers, <laughs> but 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 they're not counted that way. But I'll, I'll tell you, they really look like they were valuing. Um, uh, possessions and and it, this team is much more fun to watch when they're just and I'm not saying you have to be insane but they're just careful with the ball tonight yeah well and you make good decisions you make crisp passes you make yes. hard cuts good screens you don't force crazy situations where you're trying to drive through eight people and and when you do that guess what you, know, you, you have a chance to win I, and I'll, I'll tell you here's my key play of the game Mike was when Illinois made their run in the second half, Terrence Shannon had gone to the bench to take a blow. Brad Underwood looks at him to put him back in after a couple minutes, and, and, and he looks at Underwood and says, these guys are rolling, Matt's cooking, let them go. Now that is a leader, because you know as well as I do, Terrence Shannon wanted to be out on the floor. Yep. But he said, hey, these guys are winning right now. I don't want to go in and screw it up. You know, And I don't think it was – that's saying that, but he's saying, hey, these guys are rolling. Let them roll. Let them roll. I just want to win the game. And, you know, they had to put him in because on the defensive end, Shannon is really, really good. You know, and he's a tremendous uh, defender. So they needed him in the game there. But at, but the reality is that's a true leader. That's a guy who wants to win. And I don't know what's in the postgame. That's what it became about us instead of just about me. And that's, that's a huge change. 
So so now Illinois is playing with a thin bench. Um, two things, I guess. First off, you think Zachary Perrin's going to get any time. Second thing is, can Luke Goody return to the court? And can he play point guard? Well, good, good. Okay, Luke Goody went through a 30-minute shooting workout um, before everybody got there tonight. You know, there were maybe a dozen people in the State Farm Center at that time. And he looked really good. He can still make lots of shots. Uh, that's what he does. He's really good at it. And so that was impressive. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you need from, you know, him coming back. So that's good one on him. Zachary Parent had a fantastic practice yesterday. Um, he's really starting to put things together. The, the concern right now is what do you do with him? You know, because if you want to really, like, build his body, because as we know, in season, you can't build a guy's body. That's an off-season thing. It's more right. maintaining in season. Yep. Well, so so what do you do with Zachary Perry? Here's where Illinois has a conundrum. Does he provide enough? I mean, like, let's say he decides to play. There's one game he plays four minutes, and their game he plays four, two. And is that enough to maybe to burn him when you could have a guy who goes from 225 to 240 in the next three three months in April, you look back at him and say, all right, you've changed your body, and now you're ready to come in and be really, really good next year. And we have a center rotation of Dane Danger and Zach Perrin that is as good as anybody in the country. So that that's where Illinois is at. It's like, is, is that four minutes worth it? And I think I know what their decision is going to be. I know that, yeah, and I can tell you that they're a little divided on the staff. I know Brad's like, well, you know, let's play him in you know, staff's telling him, hey, you know, all these flagellant guys, like, this is what he could do. This is what he could be. And then on the other side, just looking at, like, you know, what's best for the kid. And the kid wants to play, so you have to make sure he understands that, you know, this is what's best for your future. And and you got to make that decision. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I look, I've always, I, I'm a sales guy. So, you know, you, you the way we always looked at it is you need to make your sales every day so you can make them every week every week so you can make them every month every month so you can get them every quarter and every quarter so you make it every year so if i've got a guy who i think can play now i'll i'll use april through june or july to get him all ready to go physically i know that that could that could cost you a little bit but if he's got the talent i would be i would have a tendency to play the guy but that's just one guy's opinion. I don't. I don't know that I have any logic, other than just my just my personality, right? Um, so so now they've got Indiana coming up. Now Indiana's struggled, but they were still, except from the Illini guys, but they were still the the preseason uh, picks to win the Big Ten, except for our site who thought that was crazy. Um, and we were right. So <laughs> that's typical. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, anybody who listens to the radio show goes, well, maybe Brad and Larry are right, but Mike isn't. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, is, is Minnesota a trap game because they've, they just beat a really good Michigan state team and they'll be looking forward to that grinder of Indiana, Ohio state and Wisconsin. Um, is, is there a danger here? Because Minnesota just showed people that they can they can rear up and win. Yeah, and I think that probably helps Illinois because now they'll take them seriously. Wait, DJ's beat Ohio State. 
Yeah. We had a blanket them. And, you know, that's been an issue for the Dallas. But I think, you know, you even look back when the locker room, they said, oh, my gosh, we just lost to Penn State. Yeah. They, they had this issue with maybe not getting fired up against teams that aren't as, you know, as good and teams that they don't respect. And now I, I think it's been different. Obviously, you saw that in Nebraska. So I feel pretty good this team's focused right now. And that just means you're not going to have a bad game here or there. You might lose the game. But at the end of the day, I feel like they're in, they're in a good position mentally to really focus. And of course, I'm going to be uh, headed to Minneapolis to watch the uh, Illinois women on Sunday and the Illinois men on Monday. I'll do the double dip up there in the Twin Cities, so that should be fun. And I, I will, Mike. I will be Sunday night. We have dinner plans. We're going to Pat Lorenzo. Awesome. You, yeah, you. I, I now officially hate you because I, I've been wanting to go to Fat Lorenzo's for a long time. I haven't. I got to get back up to Minneapolis. Just for you, Mike, because you're not the only one that hates me, so because <laughs> I yeah, uh, ask them if they uh, ask them if they ship frozen too when you're there because maybe oh, I'll, I can ship them for you. Well, I'll at least call them up and get something sent down here. Although in, in Dallas they are opening a Portillo's about um, fifth, uh, ten minutes from my office, so I'll have to go there for lunch some days. Uh, every day, yeah. Now, some days, yeah. Some days. I got a I got a question for you. Um, so we've we've got a chance to watch Illinois play both um, Michigan State and Wisconsin. And obviously Michigan State, you know, went up there and beat Wisconsin by four in a, in a very competitive game. I thought when I watched the, the two teams, I thought Michigan State was a much better team than Wisconsin. Am I yeah. delusional or, or do you agree with it? No, I agree with you. Wisconsin's a system team. So they're never going to maybe look. They, they do have the two guys. And when Tyler Wall comes back, they got the three guys. And Wall and Crowell and, and Hepper are really good players. They got Shooter. But they're just not, they're a system team. Yep. And they have to they rely on that system. North Michigan State has guys that can go make play. You know, I mean, they have multiple guys. I mean, it, it could be Hoggard or it could be um, – and even Sissoko's become a real good player. Um, and they got a guy, you know, the, the uh, Walker is just – fantastic, you know, off the bounce. So they've got guys, think guards that can make plays, multiple guards that can make plays. I think that's Hauser, obviously, you know, can really shoot it. Um, he he, can, he had some really good moments against Wisconsin. I think that was uh, – and not having Wall really hurt them against him because he would have been a matchup possibly uh, for, for Hauser there. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think Michigan State's a better team. I think I – think, but that's where Wisconsin is just one of those teams that they have a system that is effective. And, you know, let's be honest, Michigan State's system is they're going to push the ball in transition after every miss or make, get it up and down the floor, um, and attack and, and let their guards go play. And then the other thing they're going to do is they're going to attack, rebound the living heck out of the ball. Yes. That's what yes. And, you know, that's their system. That's where Wisconsin's going to invert it and play bigs out to post guards and do all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I, I think that's the – you know, that's the nature of college basketball. Find the system that works. They're not always going to be the same, but then you recruit to the system that you have. Yeah, well, and, and the other concern I have, and I'm going to probably have access to something that you haven't seen, but if um, if you look at Illinois basketball's Twitter page, um, Coach Underwood was clearly expecting to get doused by water 
as he went into the locker room, but his quickness is really starting to cause, cause me some concern because despite some serious thoughts uh, and, and misgivings, um, he was not able to at all get away from the uh, uh, the splashing. Um, is there something Fletch can do to help Brad get his quickness back? Well, I think I think Brad's big issue is I think he's what fifty-eight years old, <laughs> so the, the quickness goes away. It doesn't matter how much work you do; you're not going to be as quick as you as you used to be. It, it's certainly um, not as quick as he needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Oh God! Yeah, that is that is um, that that has been. A, um, a a challenge. It's always funny to watch these guys as they go through there, and you know they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to get doused. How do I get out of it?" And I'm thinking, yep. may, maybe maybe there's a there's a post game that you don't show up and you just you just go into a room and and you know you talk into the microphone and have your 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 face projected on the screen with speakers and <laughs> yeah, or, or you just send like Jeff Alexander in in your stead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. With a with a That's sign that says Underwood. That's the job of the assistant coach. Take the water bottles. Exactly. Yeah, it's Chester's turn. Or I don't see Tim taking it very well. <laughs> no, he might beat somebody up. Who knows? He, he yeah. might be like, sit down. He'll be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You 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 douse them today. You run tomorrow. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Any other thoughts that come out after after watching the game that, that kind of struck you? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, watching the game, I thought Illinois got really good. This team's playing hard. Even when they don't play well, they're playing hard. And, you know, Jay Depps is becoming a really good player. You know, Ty Rogers is still up and down. I thought he had a really good game at Nebraska. It was just, you know, he struggled uh, tonight. Um, so you see these freshmen starting to step up. Dane Danger, you know, up, you know, he's at the moments, but he's starting to bring it more consistently. You saw that tonight. He's gonna have these great nights. Um, but what separates Illinois, I think, from a lot of teams is they have so many guys that can get a bucket. Whether it's yep. Epps, whether it's uh, Shannon, whether it's Meyer, whether it's Danger, or when your fifth option on offense is Coleman Hawkins, who is, I'm telling you guys, people who don't understand, he made that one. He, finally, he took one rhythm three tonight, and he buried it. He was one. He, should, he made 43 out of 53 going around the, around the arc tonight. Yep. In pregame. I watched him. We were watching. And we, you know what? We didn't count the makes. We counted the misses. Because it was a lot easier. I can go all the way to eight or nine, and I only had to go to seven. So that was easy. But that's where you got him as your fifth option. Man, you got a chance to be – you got a good – got a chance to be really good offensively. You saw that in the second half when they scored 1.4 points for possession against what I, what I feel is one of the best defensive teams I'll going to see this season. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, the last thing I'll throw out there just to get your response, but um, I talked about this a little bit with Ked, but 56 of the 75 points tonight were scored by transfer portal players. Um, transfer portal is unbelievably, um, uh, unbelievably, you know, important. 
And, and of course, I guess the other thing is, is if you want to be a player in the transfer portal, you have to have NIL. Um, and everybody wants to be a player in the transfer portal. So um, how important is the transfer portal and how important are the NIL um, uh, organizations across this country that are being put together uh, to try to help their uh, teams be successful? Well, obviously, I think the transfer portal is really important. Um, but I think it's year to year with this importance. Um, there, I, I can see a situation next year where Illinois might bring in one guy in the portal. Or, 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 and that's it. Just right. one position of me. As opposed to, you know, bringing in basically, you know, Dane came at the mid, mid-season. But essentially, you have those three guys were transfer portal guys, Shannon, Meyer, and Deja. So you could say three of their best players. I think next year there's a, there's a path where you can say maybe they only take one. And there are some teams that don't need any because of who returns. And so NIL is also about not just about transfer portal, it's about keeping your own guys too so that they can develop and, and putting that, that money in their pocket to keep them happy and, and so forth. So I, I really think that, you know, Illinois is going to be a player in the transfer And, and I just I, I think it's it's interesting because you have to build a roster, you know, and and it takes some time. And I do think that even with Underwood's background in junior college ball, where they had to, you know, he told me some years they had as many as 10 new players. Um, I think it's it's a challenge even for a coach with experience to try to merge all these new players into a cohesive team in in a short amount of time oh it's it's really hard i mean it's really hard to put these pieces together when you only have a few weeks to do it and then then you have a situation like illinois where you're trying to put it together and you got guys getting hurt you're guys transferring and anybody the other issue is you know you don't know exactly what's going to work because they had to wholesale change their offense for this year because they don't have the the big aircraft carrier in the middle so this is a it's, – it's different, and, and I think that's hard, and that's why this team is – you know, we said all year it's going to get better as the year goes on, and it's going to be a team you don't want to play in March, and, and I think that's true. I think that's true, and, and that's, what you, that's what you have to be in this era of transfer portal and NIL. Yeah, no, totally agree with it. So let me shift gears after we've kind of talked about the game here. Um, you know, I was just at the start of the show telling everybody that yesterday was two year anniversary of Illini guys. Uh, 1-12-21 was the day we started. Um, and of course, again, we're very thankful for everybody who listens, everybody who subscribes, everybody who uh, interacts and, and tries to enjoy Illini sports a little bit more. Um, any thoughts from you on uh, a couple years of of doing this with uh, a company now that you're one of the owners um, and a- anything you wanted to say. Yeah. I mean, you know, thanks to everyone for listening, for subscribing, for, you know, tweeting, you know, the ones who don't tweet the death threats and the ridiculous <laughs> the, the other guys. Um, so um, yeah, it, it's been fun. I, I mean, what a, what a fun ride with, you know, some people 
it, I think. Um, Illinois sports coverage, giving some somebody a different option, a different look, whether it's just the sports recruiting and everything. And, and, and I, it's just been great. I, I can't, you know, and I will say this, it's, and you, you can attest to this as well, Mike, it's been a grind. We have yep. we put in a lot of hours with the radio shows, the podcasts, the, the, the stories, the, you know, the, you know, all the, then all the travel and different things that we've done. And, and, but it's been great and it's been rewarding and, and I can't, you know, can't say anymore except, you know, thanks to everyone um, involved with Planet Guys and also with all of our subscribers and um, our, our listeners and, and people around the, around the Atlanta nation. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely say the same thing. Um, so as we kind of, we kind of sign off here, um, you know, big thanks to everybody again. We don't talk about this that often, but anniversary is a big deal to us. We will be uh, back um, Monday night because we have uh, obviously the game up at Minnesota. And, um, you know, we may even look and depending on uh, what happens up in, in uh, Minnesota on Sunday, we may even kind of do a, do a dual podcast Monday night. Um, uh, but just be uh, looking on your feed. If you don't subscribe, please do it. So you get them coming in automatically. And then when you see us there, Hopefully we'd be a good alternative if you're you're on the treadmill or you're in the car or something like that. So for Illini guy uh, Brad Sturdy, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and signing off as well for Kedrick Prince, our director of recruiting. Thank you so much for listening, and as we always end, go Illini. <laughs>